Please, let's say a declaration right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious. Teresa was too slow there. And everybody said, what now do we say? We'll continue tonight with the gifts of the Spirit. And uh, just want to let you know, even if you are a new believer, you can still operate in the gifts of the Spirit. It's even better for a new believer. That's the way I see it. Uh, because Timpy taught us here about first truth. <laughs> Once you've learned it one way, it's hard to unlearn it. And so for a new believer who has not been taught, no fear, nothing... It's easy for them. All they need to know is get that information and they can step out in faith. So tonight we will continue with the gifts of the Spirit. And we will uh, we'll tell you what I know about how these gifts operate and what for you to expect so you know the Lord wants to use you. And don't hesitate and let God use you. Uh, it's a learning process. I'm going to talk about that later when we're talking about the inspirational gifts or vocal gifts. It's a learning process, and you get comfortable with it, and then God can use you. Notice, you see some people being used in a particular gift more than other gifts. The reason for that is they've, they've come to be very comfortable with that gift, and they are relaxed. They can release their faith without being conscious of them releasing their faith. So it seems as if this is this person's gift. The reason for that is they are very comfortable with that. But then some other gift, they may not be as comfortable. Or they are not ready for God to go that way. They are focused on something else. Uh, you can see when we talk about the vocal gifts, which primarily should be in the church. That's what most people know about. Uh, and you see that operating in the church. Uh, there's a lot there that we need to understand and know. Uh, the, the gifts, the, the, whether it's prophecy, especially in the church situation, the prophecy, tongues, and interpretation cannot take precedence over the Word of God. It can be. That's why Paul said it can be just two or three, and then that's it. Because the Word of God has to be. I, I, Paul said himself, I thank my God that I speak in tongues more than you all. But in the church, I would rather say five words so that I can teach others than 10,000 words in tongues. So in the church service, the message, everything about that is for, you can read 1 Corinthians 14, is for the edification, the building up of the body. Whatever he said, the vocal gifts, will come into that. But tonight we want to start with the power gifts. We talked about the revelation gifts. We talk about the word of wisdom. And many of you have been using the word of wisdom. Basically, you're speaking truth to somebody and listening to yourself speak truth that you never learned before. And you're wondering, how did I get to God this, this uh, wisdom? I mean, I'm really smart. And that's happened to us, but you don't know, but you, you're walking in the word of wisdom, and it settles the problem. And then we talk about the word of knowledge, and we talked about the different ways you can get the word of knowledge. Sometimes 
it's just you just know. I think my wife was telling me on Sunday she looked at somebody and she knew, and I, I felt the same thing too. You you know you just know. You don't know how you know it. You just know. And the best thing to do is ask a question. Don't say the Lord says. Because sometimes what God is giving you may be embarrassing to the person. And they don't, they'll tell you, no, you're wrong. And then they feel guilty. Because they lied. You understand what I'm saying? Now you've defeated the purpose. They can't get blessed. But if you ask a question, are you feeling this? They'll probably tell you what's going on. And then open up. And that way... If, if it's not too accurate or something that's coming in the future, they can receive and they can always receive from you. But this is the key. If you make few mistakes in this area, ministering to somebody, then they don't trust you anymore. And they'll move away from you. And you can never minister to them anymore. And the danger is when you say the Lord, I've said this before, when you say the Lord says, uh, they are expecting it to happen the next day or the next hour. God may be talking about the next month. And meanwhile, it hasn't happened in the next hour. They don't want to hear thus say the Lord from your mouth anymore, even though you said the, the word of God. So there's a lot of wisdom in this. You have to use a lot of wisdom. And Paul did that too. When he told the people, he says, you know, I have this feeling that we're going to have some trouble. I perceive that's going to be. So you say what God's giving to you. You put it in a way so that they can respond. Amen? So it's very, very important. And we'll talk about, when we get to the vocal gifts also, I will talk about the use of prophecy. When you have a prophecy that's given to you, some people just sit back and they're waiting for it to happen. There's a reason why God gives you a word of prophecy, and we'll talk about that. It's very important. Uh, so the word of knowledge, God can give it to you. For some people, depending on how he's created you, God knows you, and he knows the best way to communicate to you. Some people, they can read very fast. My wife is really fast with reading. Uh, what she reads for five minutes, I'll be reading for the next 20 minutes. <laughs> you know, that's just the way it is. But the funny thing is, she reads and she's really fast. And then when we talk about the matter, she's forgotten what she read, but I still remember. Ten years later, I'm still talking about it. I don't know how it works. Now I'm going to go to uh, Brother Bill's home to stay tonight, okay? But that's the truth. And she knows it. She knows it. So everyone is different. So with uh, Paul, uh, John Wimber, he sees his word of knowledge in writing. And it's as he goes like that. Some people see it in pictures. It's like they can see a vision, a mini vision, so to speak. They see a hand or something, and, and the hand doing something, and it disappears. And then you wonder, what's that for? Don't say, the Lord says, just describe what you saw. And there will be somebody there in the room that understands exactly what you're talking about. And sometimes they broke down crying because they can get that. They know it's coming from God. So sometimes it can be in pictures. All you need to do is share what God is saying, what God is showing to you. Uh, you just know in pictures or uh, uh, a word is spoken to you in your heart and you can speak those words. And I've also said when it comes to healing, sometimes you can feel the pain. And I've said this before, you can feel the pain where you can tell your right hand started hurting, but for no reason 
you were okay, you raised your hand before, now the hand is hurting. That's how the TV people know somebody's hurting. And they'll describe what you're feeling. And as soon as they say the word, the pain leaves. And if you receive the word, you get healed. That's the word of knowledge. So we have that word of knowledge and discerning of spirit. We talk about that. You're around it. You feel kind of uncomfortable. You shared about the problem. But then you know also there's something behind it. You've prayed all you know to pray, but nothing is yielding. There is a spirit behind it. God will let you know. It's just a knowing also. You just feel, or you feel very uncomfortable around this. And you know this is a demonic force. When you're praying and somebody walks in and you're feeling kind of uncomfortable, and sometimes I can look at their eyes and I can tell something is wrong. It's nothing. When they're in the presence of God, you can tell. You can see the manifestation there. Maybe everyone can't see it, but you can see it and you can address it. And sometimes God will let you know exactly what is going on here. There's an evil spirit. Tell you the name of this spirit and then you walk with that. But the key thing is be open. Don't get too super spiritual. You're still human. Amen? <laughs> You're still human. Most of the super spiritual stuff and the demonstration is just, I mean, we're humans. It's just attention to self. And God will tolerate it if you're still a child, a baby Christian. But for an adult Christian, God said, no, no. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I thought as a child, no, stop it, baby. You're grown now. So God will tolerate it for a new Christian. But the older you get, he just don't want that. You got to stop it or everything shuts down. Amen. So I shouldn't have said amen to that. (laughs) It's not good. Okay, now we go to the power gifts. There are three power gifts. The working of miracles, uh, the gift of, gifts of healings, healings, that's plural. That's the only plural gifts. The gifts of healing and then faith. And we'll talk about this tonight. Hopefully we can get to the inspirational gifts. But if not, We'll finish next week with the inspirational gifts. And then it's time to practice. Amen? We will practice. It's fun. Believe me, it's fun. You'll be amazed. We've done this before in our church. You'll be amazed how God will actually use every one of us with all of these gifts. Even if we're few, God will still, he knows what's going on and can still minister through us. Amen? And, And everybody will be edified, exhorted. And uh, comforted, according to the scriptures. Now, the working of miracles. Now, you have to separate. There's a big difference, not too big a difference, between the working of miracles and healings. That is, we we tend to think healings or miracles, but the scripture separates them, and there's a fine line between those. There are there are miracles. But there are also healing miracles. And we'll talk about those. There are healings, but there are also healing miracles. As well as miracles. Now, for example, uh, there just are just supernatural acts that God does. Uh, walking on water, that's a miracle. Nobody walks on water. It gets attention. I mean, everybody's like, what's going on? Like Jesus speaking to the wind... And the waves, 
Nobody, I mean, normally that doesn't happen. That's a miracle. To multiply bread, to feed 5,000 men, that's a miracle. Everyone is talking about it. It gets everybody's attention. That's a miracle. So we have these miracles, turning water into wine. That's not a healing miracle. That's a miracle. It's, it's different. Raising Lazarus from the dead, that's not a healing miracle. <laughs> that's a powerful miracle. That's a miracle because there is no way to explain it. It's supernatural. It's coming straight from God. But there are also what we call healing miracles. Healing miracles. Like the opening of the eyes of the man who was born blind. If you're blind, for whatever reason, that's one kind of blindness. But if you were born blind, uh, that's a serious miracle. And that's why you see in in, uh, John chapter 9... There was a big argument. The whole chapter talked about this man that was born blind. I mean, the guy said, we've never seen it in Israel. This has never happened. That a man who was born blind can be made to see. It's never happened. How can you say he's not from God? How could he do a miracle like this? When Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, they were saying, this man, he caused the blind to see they were referring to the blind man, who was the one who was born blind. Couldn't he have stopped him from dying? That's a powerful miracle. That's, that's a healing miracle. Uh, as opposed to the woman that was doubled over. And Jesus said, woman, that was loose. But she wasn't born that way. Somebody that is born crippled. He's never learned to walk. But now he's leaping and jumping. Who taught him how to walk? He was born crippled. But just by the touch of God, he automatically knows how to walk. Not just to walk, but to jump and to leap around the place. That's a miracle. That's a healing miracle. So we have these miracles taking place. Uh, I want to talk about briefly the miracle with Paul. Uh, Paul was in a, uh, an island, you remember, where he gathered a bundle of uh, sticks. Usually when there is a miracle, humans respond very strongly, okay? <laughs> they respond very strongly. Paul gathered uh, uh, a bunch of sticks and put it in the fire and the viper came out. And the, the locals, they knew that viper gets on you, you're dead. You swell or something. And you're going to die. But Paul had that scripture uh, from Mark chapter 16. Even if a snake bites you, you don't have to worry about it. Uh, But most of us will be screaming after that. But Paul just shook that. He said he was hanging from his hand. That the snake had his fangs in his hand hanging from it. And Paul just said, get out, get off my buddy. And dropped that thing in the fire. And the villagers say, wow, that's, that's an evil person. Even though he escaped from the storm and all of that, uh, he's still going to die. Vengeance is still on his life. And then they watched and stood around watching him for a while. 
wondering if, when he'll die. And the guy was taking care of himself, warming himself and feeling good. They said, he's not a man. This is the God. You can read it in the scripture here. It says in verse 5 of um, uh, Acts 28, it says, But he shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. However, they were expecting that he would swell up or suddenly fall down dead. But after they had looked for a long time and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a god. <laughs> they, they always say that this is wonderful. That's a miracle there that changed their hearts of people. And then we talk about the man who was healed. He was born crippled from the womb. And you can find that in Acts chapter 14, verse 8 through 11. Um, Again, you can see the response here. It says, this man heard Paul, verse 9. This man heard Paul speaking, observing him intently. Paul saw that he had faith to be healed. Paul said with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet. And he leaped and walked. But he was crippled from his mother's womb. Now he leaped and he walked. Now when the people saw this healing miracle... They raised their voices saying in the Lyconium language, the gods have come down to us. I mean, when they see it, uh, you just, you're just being transformed from a man to a god, okay? But you have to let them know, hey, I'm just like you guys. He is the one doing the job, amen? So it gets the attention of people, whether it's a healing miracle or the miracle of like, uh, turning water into wine. But God's still doing that miracle, to, to these miracles today. I read years ago about uh, a missionary or some people, they were going to have communion and they needed wine. And they poured it out. And guess what happened? It turned into wine. And they drank. It's still happening today. God can still do these miracles today. We, can, we just have to believe. We've come to the time where it's hard to believe any of these things happen. Uh, people don't even look for them anymore. And it's a shame. But God is still God. He hasn't changed. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We should look for these miracles to take place in, before us, before our eyes. If we don't look for them, we'll never see these things happen. The, but God will only give us our heart's desire. If we don't desire it, God will never show it to us. Until you desire it, God won't show it to, to you. So we need to believe that God is still doing this. We can still do these miracles. It's all up to the Holy Spirit. He'll give it to us when we need the, the miracles. Amen? Then I want to go to the second one, the gifts of healing. This is a gift that you know, we, we're familiar with, in, at least in our church. We pray for the sick. Um, it's a miracle when you see a leg grow out. I've seen a picture of, it was about five or six inches different. 
in difference. And God grew it up. You couldn't tell the difference. You look both legs, different bones added to it. Parts, body parts added. Those are uh, healing miracles. But the gifts of healings, these are gifts for most of us who are Christians. What we need to understand with, with regards to the gifts of healing is this. Miracles, most of the time, they are instant. The gifts of healing, sometimes they're not. And what happens to us, we immediately give up if we don't see the sign immediately. We want to see it happen. We're looking for miracles where it's very instant as opposed to the healing, you recover. So when we don't see it immediately, it's like it's over. We prayed and nothing happened. And we even say it. <laughs> we prayed and nothing happened. Well, you just said nothing happened. Nothing happened because you spoke it into being. Well, the scripture says, these signs follow those who believe, right? They shall lay hands on the sick, and the sick will be immediately healed. Is that what it says? No. They shall recover. They shall recover. Sometimes certain diseases, they didn't start instantly. It was over time, and then it got worse, right? Well, God can reverse it. God can destroy it from the root. And then everything else will wither. We saw that when Jesus caused the, the tree, right? It didn't instantly just dry up. It took time. The same thing happens with healing. God can give us a healing right there before our eyes. It's instant. I expect that. But what the problem I have is most Christians, if they don't see a change right away, they believe God hasn't done anything. And sometimes God's merciful. They'll feel the heat. But the pain is still there. Well, if you felt something, that's saying God started something, right? And the Bible is clear. Whatever God starts, He finishes. But you felt something, maybe a little better. And you keep waiting to see if it will get better. Well, you should claim your healing at that point and believe and confess that you have been healed because you already started to recover. They shall lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. You don't have to worry about praying for somebody and kicking and screaming and wondering and not sleeping all night wondering if God healed them. That's not your business. Your business is to pray and forget it. He'll take care of it. And the one who is receiving prayer believe that God's already started something. It's like the girl I prayed for to receive the Holy Spirit. She said, I felt electricity. We're not talking about electricity here. We want you to speak in tongues. The electricity was just God telling her, I'm in charge. I've started the work. Now you put action to it, okay? But we quit. We quit midway. We quit midway. We don't let God finish the work. Jesus said, I mean, Peter started to walk, right? Midway he changed his mind. What happened? 
Exactly. That's what we're getting in the church. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> but that's what was happening. God started, you felt something, and then when there is a turn, there's a trial, where you give it, you throw your hands up and you give up completely. And the enemy knows you've given up. But these signs follow those who believe. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. How many believers do we have here? Well, if you are a believer, put your hand up. Let me see your hand up. Yes, I see them believers. Look, I see healing hands all over this place. Amen. And the gift will manifest itself in you as the Spirit wills. Amen. So just because you prayed for one person and the person didn't get healed, don't just throw up your hands and say, well, I guess I don't have the gift. Try some other person. Amen. Is according to the Spirit's will. In the church service, we're all together in faith. Or somebody who has, you know, given himself to that gift, they can operate in the gift almost, it seems like, at will. Somebody asked Smith Wigglesworth. You heard about Smith Wigglesworth? He goes in with healing stuff. He waits for this time in the service to pray for the sick. And once his time comes, and he just, he's out praying for the people and well, he used to hit people. <laughs> I won't do that for their healing. And somebody asked Smith, is this, do you, is, this, is it the spirit that moves you when, when, when you, you just jump up and you're up praying for people? He said, no. I just go and he catches up with me and takes over. <laughs> no feeling. No feeling anything. He knows God cannot lie. Amen? So he steps out in faith. You don't have to test the water to see if you hold your weight before you get out of the boat. You'll never get out of the boat. So you just go. Practice. So God has the gifts of healing for us. In Mark 16 verse 18, he says, uh, verse 18, They will take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it will, not, it will by no means hurt them. I wonder about that. That if, don't go taking a, I want to show you, Pastor, how spiritual I am. I'm going to be drinking this poison. We will bury you. Okay? That's testing. <laughs> okay? I have these funny things that I do with uh, people. I say, this, this, um, these signs follow those who believe. They shall cast out demons. In my name, they cast out demons. They speak with tongues. And he said, well, um, those gifts are not for everybody. Everyone has his own gift. I said, what's your gift? Is it drinking of poison? I'll bring the poison to you so we know what kind of gift you got. Okay? But these signs follow those who believe. And we are all believers here tonight. It says, and if they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. That's the word of God. But we have to believe it for it to work for us. If somebody's trying to poison you, it won't work. I saw some on television uh, some time back. Angel and I was uh, watching it. A pastor married this lady, and uh, she wanted to kill him with arsenic. That's the way you say the word? Arsenic? Arsenic. It's my, it's my, it's my uh, accent. Okay, well, uh, <laughs> okay. 
And uh, she kept putting that stuff in his, uh, his uh, drink. He'll get sick, but he won't die. Everyone, you remember that? And he, she'll put more, and he'll get sick and come out of it. And then she finally said, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> she had a blast dose. He got sick, so sick, they got into the hospital. And uh, when they tested him, they said, boy, he's, he's, he had enough to probably kill two horses. And he was still alive. He was still alive. They had to take his hair and did the test. It's like, how can he still be alive? I can tell them. <laughs> Go read Mark chapter 16, okay? It works. Amen? It works. He didn't know, but he was still alive. Amazed everyone. This book works. Amen? We just have to believe the book. I was glad to see that program. I felt good. I wasn't looking for any poison to drink, but it felt good. Amen. Now, Acts Acts chapter 10, verse uh, 38. You know that scripture. How God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good what? Healing all who were oppressed by the devil. God was with him. How many have been filled with the Holy Spirit here tonight? Well, you know why you were anointed? The same anointing that came on him. We should go about doing good and doing the same thing that Jesus did. Healing all. Because sickness is an oppression from Satan. If you are anointed, you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you can do it. I used to think it was for just some people. I changed my mind. It's for every one of us. All you need to do is step out. You may try a few times and nothing happened. Don't stop. Keep going and see what, watch what God will do. Amen? It's for all of us. We all have the gifts of healing. And let me go on to the, the um, third one. Power gift. They're called power gift because there's so much drama with it. You can see it. And it causes people to believe. So there are power gifts. That's why I believe that just prophecy is not, is not the number one uh, gift. Because it tells us in um, 1 Corinthians 14, desire spiritual gifts, but rather to prophesy. It's not like prophecy is the greatest of all gifts, but in church service, we can get to that. In the church service, primarily, the vocal gifts are to be used. It's hard to go out and win uh, a thousand people like Reinhard Bunke, Bunke does by prophesying from there. <laughs> that won't work. But the miracles cause them to give their lives to Christ. So please understand, in the church, we need that for believers and for those coming to worship with us. So we're coming to that. But then we're going to the, the gift of faith. Now, this gift of faith is different. Please understand, this is totally different from the faith that comes by the hearing of the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. But this is different from that. This is a gift of the Spirit. The two different things. Notice, this is one of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. This is not faith that comes by you hearing the word of God. 
That's supernatural. This is supernatural faith that has nothing much to do with you. It's the manifestation of the Spirit of God in your life for a specific purpose. And that faith stays with you until that thing is accomplished. Now, the faith that we get from the Word is subject to... Um, what, would, what, what would I use here? Sometimes you, you, you waver. Even if you have the faith from the Word of God, because you are still trying. For me, if we're going to have a healing service, I'm in my office and I'm studying books. I'm trying to build up my faith so that I can go and do what God has called me to do. And that can waver depending on what I'm seeing. It's like Paul Young, sure said, he was having a healing service and there was, uh, they brought a twisted woman in a wheelchair right in front of him and he says, God, why are you doing this to me? Why are you doing this to me? This woman's presence, I've lost all my faith. I can't. He said, I refuse to look at her because my faith was gone. A subject, it will waver because of what you're seeing and what you're hearing and what people are telling you. That's the faith that comes by hearing the word of God. Now, the one that comes by the gift of the Spirit is supernatural, will never waver. No matter what you present, it will not waver. That's the difference. He comes on you when there's a difficult situation. He comes on you. He'll stay with you and you will hardly waver until that thing is done. When it's done, it's over. That's, that's the manifestation of the gift of faith. When it's given to you. Doesn't happen on every time. It's according to the Spirit's will. And I'm going to show you a few, uh, uh, number of, uh, a few examples here. Um, there was a Bible school president. Uh, and uh, they, they, in those days, the Bible school takes care of the, the feeding of the students and housing. They did everything. All they wanted was this Azusa Street Times. They just want the students to come. They'll teach them and then send them out into the world. And so they bring these students. They have nothing. They come in and they feed them from donations and everything. And, and they teach them. And the teachers, their instructors, hardly receive salary. It was an offering to God. And they stay there. They walk and come and teach the students. And they eat with the students. And they had no food, nothing at all. And everybody was panicking, including the president, the president of the university. And then all of a sudden, he felt like this gift of faith was given to him. He said, tomorrow, you guys go, put out the plates, put out the cutleries and everything, and see if we're going to have meal. God's going to provide for us. He gave time. The time was going, the students sat and they were using their forks and knives and hearing their empty plates, you know. And waiting. Uh, it's time for the meal now. Say, it's not quite time. Still have to wait. We still got time. And all of a sudden, a truck with all kinds of food drove in. God had instructed them. The food was delivered. And the students had their meal. The gift of faith. No wavering. Amen? You don't waver. It's like Aura Roberts. No Aura Roberts. He said, God told him to build a university. He said, who are you? You're going to build, you build a university? God did it. He stayed with it. With all the criticism, 
won't face him. He stays with it. There was a story about a, a minister. Um, some of us, I think my wife will know Benson Adarosa, uh, and I probably told this story here. He was in our country um, where there were some Jews, it's African country, but some Jews around, and he didn't like Christianity at all. He was preaching, and he's a healing minister. You know, uh, T.L. Osborne mentored him. And it's a large a group of people, multitude, listening to him. And I know him from back then. And uh, he was preaching. And usually, same thing with T.L. Osborne and some of these ministers. Um, they will usually say, just because they are in preaching to multitudes of people, most of them are unbelievers. So to let them know that God is, they will deliberately ask for deaf people to come up. Bring them, five of them. Make sure that they are truly deaf, verify, and bring them up. And everybody's silent. The whole multitude will wait. And then they pray for the first one and the person, can, and then everybody gets so excited. And then they preach that message and they, draw, they pull in the nets. People receive Christ. That's how they did it. And uh, Benson uh, was preaching in this place, I read, and large group of people. And he, he told the people, just like they normally do, Bring the deaf. Everyone that's deaf, bring them up. Make sure they are truly deaf. But what the people heard was the dead. And there was a mug that was close by. So there was a dead man in there. They ran in and got the dead man and passed it over their heads. It was in Africa, in America. They said the pastor has lost his mind. But they passed the dead over the heads of the people and they laid the dead on the podium. And, and, uh, preacher was frightened. <laughs> he left preaching and went and sat on his chair with his handles. The Jews who didn't believe him We got him now. We got him. He's going to raise the dead today. So his wife, it was an embarrassing situation, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> I don't know what I would do in a situation like that. The dead person was there everywhere. They were all quiet, waiting for what he'll do. You called for the dead, you got the dead. <laughs> so his wife, who heard him, I don't know if it was his accent, uh, she, after sitting for a while, we met that woman in uh, Tulsa, with her husband, Angela, and I met her. After sitting for a while, she decided to rescue her husband. But meanwhile, the husband was sitting in his chair. <laughs> He's been preaching with power, Jesus, and all of that. Now, there was trouble for him. So, they, the wife went and got the microphone and said to the, he started talking to the people, he never heard a word what she was saying. He was like, how can I get out of this, God? This is trouble. And then she started telling the people, well, my husband, I don't know why, how you guys heard dead. He meant death, not dead. <laughs> okay? And then while he was sitting there, 
the Holy Spirit delivered to him the gift of faith. While she was still talking, he rose, he said, like a giant, and went to the guy, guess what? Raised him from the dead. And everybody went wild. Oh yes, you can read in those books. That's the gift of faith. You know the difference? His natural faith from the word, that's not enough. He couldn't have done that. God knew the situation. His name, just like he says in Ezekiel 36, I'm not doing it for you. My name, for my name's sake. Just for my name. God will not tolerate that. So he delivered to this man who was just like the rest of us, saying, God, I'm finished. My ministry is finished. Everything is finished. God delivered to him the gift of faith. I'm sure they were thinking, he's such a man of faith. No, the Holy Spirit delivered the gift of faith. Can you get it then? There's a big difference. But you see, God can give that to you in a time of trouble. Don't expect him to do it. He knows what's going on. God was there. He knew what was happening. He needed that gift and God delivered it to him. And so never give up. There's no situation that is impossible with God. All things are possible with God. Now, years have gone by now. And uh, now consider, um, I was telling my wife when I told you I had this problem. Some of us knew about this. Um, that wasn't something we were expecting. You know, I had talked about this in class 1987 in Georgia. Uh, I just talked about it. I didn't believe at that point because the Bible says, blessed shall be the fruit of the womb. So my thinking was, this child is the object of the blessing, right? It's not saying the womb is blessed. Blessed shall be the fruit of the womb. That's the child. Everybody in agreement with me? And I told myself, I don't believe that God will bless me with a child and his liver doesn't work, his heart doesn't work. That's not a blessing. I can't take that to my Muslim friend and say, look, God blessed me with a child and his liver doesn't work. He say, well, tell your God not to come to my house. If that's the way he blesses you. That was my, my feeling while I was in school. But then in 87, yeah, I was with Angela. We have a child. One day after he came from the hospital, he was jaundiced. And we went through that period for a while. And I can tell you, um, I, now I understand because I had not, I don't know how God dealt with Angela differently. We were, we were different. And she has that faith as well. I, I don't know how Angela went through it. But I was not scared one time, no matter what they said. I didn't, it's not like I'm going to fast. I just, something inside me just said, this is over. There's no need to concern myself about this. And I stayed with it. No matter who talks to me, you can't convince me. I was sure my child is going to come out of this. The call from Austin is the same. I just wasn't concerned at all. I didn't understand it then, but now I understand that was God's mercy upon my life. It was, it was God's favor for Angela and I to give to us that gift of faith. So that we didn't have to trouble. Because I noticed Angela, she'll laugh. And we're talking as if we didn't have trouble in our home. Even though they were telling us that he was going to be mentally retarded all his life. 
And it was constant. We have all these doctors having their meetings in, uh, was it Bentot then? In the hospital, the uh, medical center. With them, all of them telling us what's going to go on. But we just, no, that's not, you guys, you're just talking. The boy's going to be okay. And that's what happened. That's, in my mind today, I, you can't take credit and say, well, I had such great faith. No. <laughs> that was God's mercy on Angel and I and delivered to us the gift of faith so that we stay, he doesn't waver. He stays with you from the beginning of the trouble till that thing is accomplished. It's always there. So you see the difference? There's a big difference. But again, all of these gifts are available to all of us. They come as we need them. Just like with the preacher, yes, they will always be there. So we are free to go out and believe God and know that when we need these spiritual gifts, they are there for us. Not for our sake, but for his name's sake. Amen? Because of him. Amen. Next week, we're going to be going through, because my time is up. <laughs> We'll be going to be, we're going to be going through the vocal gifts, and I'm going to be really focusing on both uh, the gifts as well as the use of the gifts in the church. So we are not confused about how these gifts operate in the church. I don't know everything, but this, the, what God has shown me, I'm going to try to share with us. And then after that, we would like to practice, you know, I believe that because you're hearing these words, even though you're not aware of it, faith is already being built in you. Because God cannot lie. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Well, if you have faith and there is no works, that faith is dead. So we need to give, us, give ourselves the opportunity to let God help us Use our faith. And we can do that here among us. And then you can do it maybe in your Bible study. You can still do it practicing. We use the word practice. It's a crude word <laughs> to use with this. But that's what the doctors do. They practice, right? Yes. Angela practices medicine. <laughs> so we practice. Um, and then we get better as we practice. Notice if you use your hand. Frequently, you put pressure on it, guess what happens? You start building the muscles, it gets stronger. There's pressure to it, but that's the pressure we're going to get next week, Wednesday, okay? <laughs> to get us stronger in, in our gifts, amen? And please, don't worry about whether you can or cannot do it. Nobody can do anything, but God will be here with us. I'm very sure of that. Same way I feel when we're having a healing service, I know God's going to be here so come ready to be used. The only thing we require, stay humble before God. Amen? Stay humble before God. Without him, we can do nothing. So we come ready, believing that he, in his goodness, will use us. But let me show this to you before we close. When God uses you in a gift, the gift stays with you for life. Know that? Once you've stepped out in faith and God has used you in that gift, the gift was delivered to you, you can always go there. Because the Bible says the gifts and callings of God are what? 
that he irrevocable. God, God cannot take them back. He won't take them back. He's always there. It's just like Samson. Even when he was doing wrong, the gift was still on him until he cut God off from his life by cutting the mark of the covenant. And that was it. But once his hair grew back, guess what? He's back again. God is an awesome God. Amen? Such a good God. All we need to do is to be willing and obedient. Stay willing and obedient. If, we don't, if I don't see you next Wednesday, I know. <laughs> oh. Maybe you were willing, but your obedience part was them. <laughs> or you were obedient, but not willing. <laughs> okay? So you will be willing, amen? You will be willing. Stand up with me tonight. <laughs> Brother Michael, Brother David, make sure you take note of all the names of individuals that they can. <laughs> so when I don't see them next Wednesday, I say, yeah, I know. <laughs> Pastor Roy, please come. I, I feel that. Uh, come and pray for us as we close. Yeah. Father God, we just thank you for this word tonight. Thank you, Father, that it is a now word for the church. So, Lord, as we go tonight, may that word burn in our hearts and cause us to be hungry for the things of God like never before. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.